electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job, not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. I need you to get used to something. Get used to hearing the term hybrid, because going forward, we're neither going back to normal nor remaining in lockdown. Instead, we're headed for a hybrid world where stay-at-home habits have some staying power. But you also have the ability to go out and do things. We saw it again today, even as the action was pretty sedate. Dow advancing 16 points, S&P gaining 0.15%, NASDAQ declining 0.07%. Everybody's been playing this guessing game on Wall Street, where we try to figure out what consumers will do once they're fully vaccinated. I've been telling you this game is futile. You have to stick with the stocks that win either way. I want to double down on that now with some insights about what can work here and what's too risky. For example, as much as I like the cruise lines, you know that, the CDC sure doesn't have much patience for them. And that makes it tough to recommend their stocks after this remarkable run. As much as I love Domino's, banana peppers, no cheese, please. And I think they'll have a good quarter. I can see the market's not as enthusiastic as I think it should be. It much prefers something like Darden, the parent of Olive Garden, with a stock that's behaving like you can't miss because everyone supposedly wants to go out and never do the dishes again. Why am I so sure we're headed for a hybrid economy? First, I've heard it from a slew of executives in different industries, and that includes Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, who acknowledged this new mix of local ease in his annual shareholder letter today, where, yes, he did talk about a boom through 2023. Listen to this. Some employees will be working under a hybrid model, e.g., some days per week in a location, the others days at home. He goes on. A small percentage of employees, maybe 10%, will possibly be working full-time from home for very specific roles. We have many people working as J.P. Morgan. 10% is a big number. Now, Jamie Dimon is not saying this as a fan of remote work. Just the opposite. He worries about companies losing their culture when people don't go into the office. J.P. Morgan relies heavily on an apprentice model to train people. And according to Jamie, that's impossible to replicate in the Zoom world. He doesn't like it. But he recognizes that there's no putting this genie back in the bottle. 
So what does work in the hybrid economy? We know Home Depot's been roaring lately, along with Lowe's, because home prices are at their highest levels in 15 years. When houses appreciate in value, people spend a lot more money on home. They spend a lot more money to improve it because they see it as an investment, not an expense. Even after these moves, I think it's not too late to buy stock of Lowe's or Home Depot. Why? Because of something I heard from Josh Silverman, the CEO of Etsy, another stock you can buy, in a virtual interview last month at the 92nd Street Y in New York. He said that out of nowhere last year, about now, customers began ordering anything garden-related from seeds to gardening equipment, pots and trusses. He, was, he wasn't ready for it. If you go to Etsy's site at this very moment, you know what you're going to see on your homepage? Take a look. Seeds, seeds, and more seeds. Yep, it's gardening season. This year it's going to be more, it's going to be bigger than ever. The only problem with Lowe's and Home Depot, well, they're within spitting distance of their highs. If you want something that hasn't run as much with a good garden department, I like the stock of Walmart. We know this is seasonally strong time for the stock, as the legendary Larry Williams explained in last week's Off the Charts. More important, though, Walmart's an ideal hybrid stock because it's become a go-to place to get vaccinated. My wife got jabbed there and saw a lot to like on the way out. But then again, it's a retail store, so that might not be all that dispositive. Here's a stock that's getting no love right now, down 13 bucks from its high, off almost 3% for the year. I mean, come on, the S&P's up 9%. Loser. As we head into the first huge gardening weekend of the year, I think that Walmart, well, it's going to be a natural. And what's going to happen, because this is my stock and trade, like I told you about with the Chipotle yesterday, Walmart is going to be, let's say, greeted positively by analysts with upgrades or price target boosts. Hey, that's what happens. What else? Stanley Black & Decker took a breather today after a huge run. A couple of analysts just pulled it. When you go through the aisles of Lowe's or Home Depot like I do, this is what's selling. It's no longer cheap stock. But I think the estimates are too low because of all the remodeling that's going on. That means some eager analysts will probably want to boost their numbers beyond the one I saw today, especially because they love to chase after stocks have run. Ooh, let me chase that one. I've been a huge believer in William Sonoma. You know that. That's another hybrid play that's both a rapidly growing digital business and also brick-and-mortar stores that are crushing it. Now that people are going to the mall again, William Sonoma is only in those Class A malls. And those malls are doing incredibly well, according to Simon Properties. So I think it remains a winner. But as the world goes back to some semblance of normal, do not forget about the concept of sunk costs in the home. We have spent so long coping with the pandemic that many of us bought new equipment that we'll keep using no matter what. Uh, you, I don't know if you bought the air fryer. We got the air fryer. I don't know. It's, it sits there. Yeah, maybe you got that, too. Uh, you can't throw it out. You use it. Hey, uh, how about that beautiful outdoor grill that you bought? Do you just keep the cover on, hide it in the garage? Uh-uh. You keep using it. Oh, and while we're at it, did you make friends with your neighbors like we did? Did you have them come over? Did you go to Club Q, our rotating quarantine get-together Q, in Summit, New Jersey, where the habit of going out to the garage and doing some grilling is now so ingrained that it might be too late to stop? Maybe we should have beer. If you did, then, you might be spending money on something that I never really thought of as a hybrid play, and that's McCormick. Yeah, McCormick, the spice maker. A lot of people view this as a lockdown stock that could be up against brutal comparisons as we get into the summer. I know I felt that way after management talked about the possibility of reduced demand. Now, though, I'm rethinking that whole position. You know why? Well, first of all, there's part of the hybrid model here that I really like. McCormick gets 20% of its business from food service, an industry that's coming back from the dead as restaurants are allowed to fully reopen. It's the old McConnell play, whether you're eating at home or you're going out. Have you seen your cafeteria at work? What do they use? Yeah, 
McCormick, the little spices, the little bags and stuff. Will people really abandon the stay-at-home use of French's mustard? How about Frank's hot sauce? Or a Cholula hot sauce? Hey, the Cholula. If I could only open my restaurant, I served, I served a lot of that stuff. That's a brand new acquisition for them. I would say yes, except people can't let go of their sunk costs. In other words, I'm betting a lot of us keep cooking at home simply because we don't want to let all of our new kitchenware, that air fryer again, go to, uh, go to waste. Certainly not the gas grow. In fact, I think McCormick holds the key to the hybrid thesis. A true hybrid home play is something you had to do under lockdown, but keep doing now either because you learned to like it or because it's become a habit. Something like cooking. It, 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 it more from something you had to do to something you want to do. Unfortunately, I don't think there are many other habits that fit into this pattern beyond cooking, where you need McCormick as the spice of life. Or maybe Pinterest, which makes you a hobbyist, or Etsy, which is now packed with home and gardening gear. They became a, they became a hybrid, the bottom line. I like the limited nature of this hybrid category because when you have something that works in the teeth of a moment where everyone's focused on the freedom versus lockdown dichotomy, well, you want to press your bet. There aren't many, but when you have one, you need to go big or you need to go to your home. Let's go to Nimesh in Texas. Nimesh. Booyah, Jim. Long-time Bo- listener, first-time caller. Love it. Good. With- Love it. Good to have you on the show. I've been rolling with USPL ticker X for almost a year and up more than 300%. They've recently cleaned up their balance sheet, completed the Big River acquisition, and are poised perfectly to take advantage of the upcoming infra bill and opening of the economy. How much upside do you see in the name? Well, look, if you do get an infrastructure bill, you'll probably make 30% in this thing. I, uh, the reason why I'm not, uh, I'm still hedging with new course is because you don't need an infrastructure bill. But U.S. Steel's made a comeback. It's just, it's just not my favorite. What can I say? I like to go with best of breed. John in California. John! Uh, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in quite a while, Jim. Anyway, oh, John! Uh, how are you, uh, man? That's me, buddy. I'm out here in Sacramento. We still love you. I know you're pressed for time. I did my homework. I got in. I got into Goodyear Tire and Cooper Tire merged. U.S. Postal Service has to replace all the vehicles. They all need four tires. They only buy from America, and there's only two in America. What do you think of Goodyear uh, tires? I, I hesitate to say this, but for the first time, I'm actually going to say I think you're, you know, you, that Goodyear's t- uh, good. I'd like to have Rich Kramer on the show, no relation. And, John, I miss you. You always have the best stories, and you have great knowledge, not unlike many of our callers who have done more homework and know a lot more than most of the analysts and certainly the majority of hedge fund managers who scared you out of the market this time last year. All right, the stay-at-home habits, well, they got stay in power. But you also have the ability to go out and do things. So right now, it's all about the hybrid model, and these are the hybrid ones that I've come up with. If you have any others, go to Jim Cramer on Twitter, the chill man, and tell us what Tell us some more, because I'm working on this. On well, my tonight, I'm sitting down with the CEO of one of the strongest stocks in this entire market, and that's Applied Materials. If there's analyst day, find out what's ahead for the company in the chip shortage. Then if the, uh, over the past year, Okta was used more than 52 billion times to log into an app or website. Tonight, I'm sitting down with the CEO of Interest annual user conference to see if the trend can continue. And job growth in March was the fastest we've seen since August 2020. How are small businesses faring? I'm going to sit down with the man who knows, Paycheck CEO Marty Musi, to find out what the company's earnings are signaling. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call 
at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is it too late to bet on the worldwide chip shortage after this incredible ride in the entire semi-index? Hold it. No way. See, you've got a whole industry that's running at full capacity, and it could take years of investment before supply can catch up with demand. Just think about what we heard yesterday at an amazing meeting. It was Applied Materials, the largest semiconductor capital equipment maker on Earth, held its 2021 investor meeting, where management gave us, I think, some ridiculously compelling long-term guidance. Applied Materials sees its revenue rising from $17 billion last year, $27 billion by 2024. Nice. With their earnings doubling over the same period. They also told a great story about using artificial intelligence to speed up the process of getting chips to market and rolling out all sorts of subscription services. You know I love that recurring revenue. Of course, stock can run up massively right into the event. The darn thing's the best performer in the NASDAQ 100 for 2021. So it actually pulled back three bucks on the news. I think you have to view any weakness in this one as an opportunity. So let's dig deep with one of our favorites. is Gary Dickerson, the president and CEO of Applied Materials. Learn more about his long-term vision. Mr. Dickerson, at last, welcome back to Mad Money. Oh, hi, Jim. Good to be here again. (laughs) All right. Well, you had some show yesterday and a lot of people were buzzing about the fact that things are very, very different this time because semiconductors aren't just any devices. They are the strategically important, really, glue to the entire global economy more than any time in history. How this happened? Yeah, Jim. So if you look at uh, the overall uh, economy. This is the biggest inflection of our lifetimes. You can see certainly in the pandemic also accelerating 
uh, every aspect of our lives, uh, working from home, learning from home, how we shop. In the future, you're going to have data centers on wheels with, for vehicles. Uh, healthcare is going to be transformed. Agriculture is going to be transformed. Every aspect of our lives, it's, again, people are talking about over $10 trillion of economic value be, being created this decade. And we're still in the early innings of that transformation. This year, there'll be about 14 zettabytes of data generated. That's 10 to the power of 21. That's up 150 times over a, just a six-year period of time. And another thing, Jim, that's interesting, if you look at where is the data coming from, in 2018, it was the first year machines generated more data than humans. And in 2025, humans will be less than 1% of the data generation. That's so this, this economic transformation of every aspect of our lives, we're just in the early innings. And as you said, semiconductors are at the foundation and Applied is in by far the best position to enable the power, performance, and cost from the edge to the cloud. Well, you have always taught us many things. Why don't you teach our viewers what PPAC-T means? <laughs> so, Jim, when you think about the future, you'll have somewhere between uh, a trillion to a half a trillion edge devices connected, again, in every single industry uh, in the world. And when you think about that many devices, power consumption at the edge and in the cloud is enormously important. Speed for latency is very important. Cost is obviously also important. And how you enable all of those different devices uh, is through innovation and new chip architectures. You see all of the system companies designing their own chips today. Uh, new structures, new materials, new ways to connect chips together. Certainly, Pat Gelsinger talked a lot about that right. uh, here recently. And Applied is really at the foundation. We're the only top four equipment company that outperformed all the overall market in 2019 and outperformed in 2020. We're on track to outperform in 2021. We're also number one, Jim, in Foundry Logic, we're number one in DRAM, we're number one in wafer level packaging, connecting the chips together, and number two in NAND. So again, the, the position for Applied just has never been better. All right, so Gary, this is something that you predicted on our show. You said you were going to show us the future. I remember it very specifically because we were going to try to get out yes. there and do it. Why were we listening and all of these customers not listening? How did we know that there could be a shortage? You laid it out. And how can we alleviate the shortage? Or is the demand for so many years that you can't alleviate it? Well, Jim, again, you're absolutely right. We talked about this explosion of data uh, a couple years ago with you. We also talked about the changing playbook. When you look at... Uh, TSMC or Pat Gelsinger or any of the CEO companies in the, in the ecosystem, they're, they're talking about uh, the new playbook to drive the industry forward. And, and again, we're just in the first innings of this. And this is why Applied has been outperforming, the only company in the last two years to outperform uh, in every year. And we're just in a great position as we go forward. And relative to the opportunity, think about this, Jim. The way we're, we're connecting with people. And by the way, I still want you to come out to, to the I Made know, in Technology and our R&D Innovation Lab. I promise you we will. <laughs> I want you to come out. But, you know, working anywhere, 
learning from home, shopping, uh, data centers on wheels. Jim, we're in the early innings of this. And if, if you look at the transformation of this economy over this decade, this is the biggest inflection of our lifetimes, and we're just in the early innings but, but of this Gary, transformation. There's not, you can't possibly make enough equipment to alleviate the shortage. We have the administration calling for perhaps $50 billion to be able to make it so we have foundries. To me, a foundry can't be built for at least two years. We're looking at a shortage from automobiles, a shortage PCs, there's a shortage everywhere. What can Gary Dickerson do to alleviate the shortage? Well, certainly, Jim, we've made, we, we saw this, and you talked about this. Uh, we saw this before others. We've been preparing uh, to drive the innovation needed for the entire ecosystem. I've got to tell you, I talk to more system companies today than I ever have at any point in my career. So applied is strategically important and in by far the best position. We've also been investing not only in the United States, half a billion dollars in our Meta Center investment in New York. We've been investing in our operations, our supply chain, our talent, all parts of our infrastructure. So, Jim, we're ready to go. But it does take time, as you talked about. The lead times for these factories uh, are uh, on years' timeframes. But, but again, Jim, we're just in the early innings of this complete AI, big data inflection that will change every aspect of our lives. Well, the Department of Commerce, uh, Gina Raimondo, she's actually pretty sure we get something done. Would it be stacked with applied materials equipment? Is that what I would see if I went there? Because would you have enough equipment if they did build the foundries? Oh, absolutely, Jim. Oh, we can respond again. We saw this coming. I know so you did. So we've been making investments in our operations and our supply chain. And by the way, I am so encouraged that now the strategic importance, this is the infrastructure for the future, the infrastructure for the data economy, Jim. And now governments, the companies that move the fastest uh, will win and the governments that move the fastest will win. So I am so encouraged by what's happening here in the United States. This is the basis of every single industry for the future, strategically important for our country. Well, look, uh, you've been an apostle for it. You saw it coming. Others didn't. But you told, our, our, you told all our viewers, and you have made a fortune for people and done great things around the world. Gary Dickerson, president and CEO of Applied Materials and a seer, because he said there'd be a shortage, but he'd be able to meet it. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Jim. I, I look forward to seeing you again. Yes, and in your home place, in your hood. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up. Okta, Okta, give me the news. We have big news about new product categories we're launching into. Kramer's got a high-octane scoop you can't afford to miss. Next. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. In the last couple of weeks, the cloud stocks have bounced off their lows, but they're still not getting much love from Wall Street. Case in point, Okta the cybersecurity software company that handles all your login and verification credentials at the enterprise level. After getting hammered in February and March, Okta rebounded more than 20 bucks from its lows. However, the market seems indifferent to good news here. This week, the company is holding its annual user conference where they've made all sorts of announcements, including a pair of new products, gigantic new products. Yet the stock's getting no traction. Still, I think this is a good story. Always have, even if it's going out of style in the Wall Street fashion show, for the moment. And eventually, you may want to circle back to it. Earlier today, we spoke to Todd McKinnon, the chairman, co-founder, and CEO of Okta. Take a look. Todd, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be back. All right. So Octane 21, we've got Trevor Noah, oh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, my favorites, but it's done virtually. How do you get to know your clients if it's virtual? All online, Jim, health and safety. We're being safe. Hopefully next year we'll have more of a hybrid in person. One thing about these virtual events, this is our second time doing Octane virtually online. And you remember last year we did it with two weeks notice. This right. this week we had a whole year to pre- prepare. Um, it's great. And we've really learned how to do these online events. And I think going forward, we'll combine the best of online, the reusable content, the the, for, the, the content really tailored for online and video and mix it with that in-person networking that we're all looking really forward to getting back to. I can't wait. Well, you've got some some really big news, Todd. I mean, one, you are now talking. I mean, these are extraordinary goals. 30% organic growth each year, projecting close to $2 billion run rate by 2024. I mean, you just got to a billion dollar run rate. How are you going to do that? Well, it's, um, I'd like to think it's, uh, you know, all because we're so smart and talented, but the reality is that's part of it. But the really big factor is the addressable market. We have a massive addressable market and, um, you know, it's $55 billion just organically growing to um, $70 billion. And then we have big news about new product categories we're launching into that expand that total addressable market up to $80 billion. So as everything moves to the cloud, as companies need to connect with their customers, through digital channels, as everyone's worried about security, this massive $80 billion TAM is the foundation for sustained growth for a long time period. All right, Todd, let's talk about that total just market because you are going into, oh boy, uh, you're, you're going into identity governance and you're going into privilege, privilege governance. And let, let me tell you, here's the problem as I see it. Privileged access is owned by, by CyberArk. Uh, when you start talking about intelligence, intelligence well, that's owned by SailPoint. We had SailPoint on recently, Todd. They're talking about you being their friend. Are you declaring war? They're both good companies, Jim. The reality of it is that if you look at a company today, let's take a typical 50,000 employee company. They probably have 500,000 or more accounts in various systems. So they have your business systems, your HR systems, your CRM systems. They probably have 50,000 accounts in privileged systems. So databases, servers, critical, critical accounts that are the foundation and power their websites, their core data. And when the attackers break in, whether it's a breach like SolarWinds or some of the other recent security breaches we've seen, like the Exchange hack recently, 
they go right for these privileged accounts. So it's not just about covering and access for these 500,000 accounts on these various systems. It's making sure Okta can provide a double, triple, quadruple layer of protection on these privileged accounts. So the attackers can't move lateral, laterally. They can't get into these key databases. They can't get into these key servers. And we help keep our customers secure. We're really focused on this evolving ecosystem of cloud environments and dynamic servers coming up, servers coming down. And that's what our customers are asking for. So that's why we're taking the foundation of the identity cloud and extending that to cover the, these 50,000 privileged accounts, which are so critical to customers. Well, well candidly, SailPoint basically said they were moving into your area. I know CyberArk wants to. I think identity governance is very much what you've been talking about going into. Privilege access management, you must have that. So in many ways, these are natural extensions, but you are talking about adding a huge amount of total addressable market, which would therefore justify the stock, from my point of view, going higher. Yeah, it's between identity governance and privileged access. It's a $15 billion of additional TAM. So if you look at it, there's, there's enough room for a lot of vendors to go after it. We're going after it from a very cloud-centric approach. We're born and raised in the cloud. We have this network of over 7,000 systems we're integrated to. By the way, CyberArk and SailPoint are two of those integrations. So we'll continue to work with these partners while at the same time doing what our customers are asking us. That is cover all their identity use cases, whether that's uh, regular access management, privileged access management, and this important category of identity governance, which is really thinking about how do you get a report? Jim, you're the CEO of this 50,000 user company. You want a report that says, here's what my people can access, and here are the exceptions, and here's how I take action to lock down those exceptions. It's a holy grail. You get the systems that's, that's governing access, but it's giving you visibility into where the gaps are and what you need to remediate, remediate those. That's what customers want, and that's the, that's why this is a $15 billion market and why we're excited to build a solution to address it. All right, last time we spoke, uh, you had just bought Auth0. How's that working out? Well, the transaction hasn't closed yet. Um, we hope to close it soon. We're, we're doing the customary regulatory filings and waiting for that to work through the process. But Auth0, we're, we couldn't be more thrilled about the opportunity there. Again, it's about TAM. Customer identity and access management is a $30 billion TAM growing very quickly as more companies move online, have to connect with their customers and have to connect with their, um, not just their employees and do secure access there, but they have to, with everyone in their ecosystem, trying to build better websites. And Auth0 is a great complement because it gives us this rock solid developer foundation. So if a developer is building a website, they can use Auth0 and control every bit and byte of the identity experience for that end user. Um, so it's a really complementary solution for us and it gives us entry into this Massive $30 billion TAM. Well, you are in a much different position than you were not virtually, no, but than you are uh, than you were last year at this time. I want to congratulate you on Octane 21 and all of the deals and I'd say the forays you're making to become a lot larger company. That's Todd McKinnon. He's the co-founder, chairman, CEO of Opta. Always good to see you, sir. Thanks, Jim. All Great right. to Money. Absolutely. <laughs> Man Money's back into the break. Coming up, can the key to this market's future be found in Rochester, New York? This company's got their finger on the pulse of the great reopening, and Kramer's got the CEO next. Last Friday, last Friday, fabulous labor report, right? Uh, so what does that mean for the payroll processors? Should be good. 
Take Paychex, which handles payroll, mostly for small and medium-sized businesses, also does some human resources outsourcing. On Monday, the stock surged to a new all-time high at 101 in response to that Labor Department number. But then yesterday morning, Paychex reported a quarter that's been pretty poorly received, even though, I'll tell you something, I thought it was solid. The company delivered a four-cent earnings beat off a 92-cent basis, inline sales, management slightly raising their full-year forecast. Given how much the stock had run into the quarter, that wasn't enough for Wall Street, though, and Paychex stock plunged 5% yesterday. Rather than going to bat for it, a bunch of analysts decided to nitpick. But you have to remember, this is the usual pattern, as I told you in last week's game plan. Paychex tends to report pretty good numbers. Then the stock's mini sells off, giving you a terrific buying opportunity every single time before only working its way higher. Don't take it from me. Let's check in with Marty Musis, the president and CEO of Paychex. Hear more about the quarter where his company said, Mr. Musi, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. All right. So first point, I want everyone to understand you did not cut numbers. You did not give a bad forecast. You did not miss the number on every single one of those categories you beat. And I want people to hear it from you, because to me, it was pretty simple. But maybe they think otherwise. Well, you're right, Jim. You mentioned it. I mean, uh, we beat every number. We improved or held constant or improved all our guidance. We have one more quarter to go. We're right now projecting by the end of the year that our revenues will be flat year over year and getting through a year of pandemic that hit small and mid-sized businesses pretty hard. We're pretty proud of that, not to mention in the third quarter a 42 percent operating margin. Yes. Now, this is really important. I want people to know that one of a big strengths of Marty's business is hospitality, travel, leisure. Marty, 150,000 restaurants went under. And yet you're still going to do a similar number. I bet you had a high percentage of those restaurants relatively to other people who do payroll. Well, we did, Jim. And, you know, we saw also we've seen year to date uh, the double digit growth in our HR outsourcing business. So at a time when clients really needed help and new prospects needed help managing through the stimulus funds, we were there to help them and add a lot of value to what they needed. So HR outsourcing up double digits. And our net client gain was the best in four years in the quarter. And uh, we're seeing some of the best client retention ever, historic best. I know this is important. In Jamie Dimon's excellent letter, he talked about how the PPP was in many ways too hard for companies, smaller companies, to negotiate. I think if they had used yeah. paychecks, that was something that you did a great job on. Uh, so how did that work for you versus others? Well, Jim, I'm so proud of the Paychex team. We were so innovative. As soon as the stimulus, the CARES Act came out, we had forms and everything ready the next day. In our Paychex Flex software as a service cloud-based app, you could have everything pre-populated in the form that you filed. We partnered with some financial tech companies to help you facilitate the loans. We have helped facilitate over $60 billion in PPP loans for our clients and over a billion and a half employee retention tax credits. We're very proud of helping our clients through this. I know a lot of people also say, well, when when is Marty going to do fintech? Well, you teamed up with one of our favorite companies with Fiserv. This Clover product, which I have looked at closely, point of sale, is a natural. So this will be integrated with what Paychex has? It is. If you're a client of both Paychex and Clover, Fiserv's Clover, on your point of sale system, you will you can connect easily. It's an app right on the system to Paychex. 
You connect all of your time and attendance. You're punching in and out on the point of sale system uh, will automatically flow to your payroll data, update your payroll data seamlessly. It's a great combination and a great partnership going forward. We're excited about it. All right. Now, I, I want to just revert to something you mentioned earlier. You talked about how great your retention level is. Uh, are you sacrificing growth at the expense of retention? Well, no, I don't think so at all. I think the retention has been great because of the value of what we've done to help clients get through the stimulus uh, and get access to the stimulus as much as possible. That has been a lifeline for them. That's helped on the retention. On the growth side, you know, I mentioned yesterday that some of the mid-sized businesses just aren't making decisions right now. If you have insurance plans, if you're pretty well set, you're, you're not quite making that decision yet. But the new growth in small business, which you know new businesses have grown, you know, double digit year over year, we're taking a big share of those new businesses and selling them. And in many of our areas, we're up double digits in sales. Okay, well, this is important because one of the things that uh, big business has been saying, you can't close deals in Zoom. I think that's actually when big business can do it. But smaller business, you do need to be face to face, don't you? Well, on some, Jim, you know, we've been in telesales for quite a while. We've also done a lot on our website to allow you to uh, to go on, demo the product, even buy the product online, all telephonically. Our sales teams have gotten really good at it. But when you're developing partnerships with CPAs, banks to get referrals, that needs a little bit more face-to-face. But we're getting back into that now as things open up. It's going to be a big help. Not to mention the money that's in the new stimulus plan. You know, imagine the number of jobs that are going to be out there in small business. It's going to be a big help. One last thing that the analysts I I just must miss. You talked about uh, improvement, particularly toward the end of the quarter. I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking for, ignored by the analysts. But a fact that really shouldn't be overlooked, correct? No, not at all. I mean, we said all of our metrics were improving. And right through March this month, the first month of the fourth quarter, you know, we've seen improvement in the number of presentations we're getting in front of people, our close rate, our close rate against competitors. I mean, we're really feeling that as things open up now, we're, we're going to pick up speed. But again, to get to the end of this fiscal year and be flat in revenue, over $4 billion in in revenue, uh, we're very proud of that as a company. Yeah, I think it's a very big win, given the fact that the weakest part of the economy has been small business. And when I say weak, that means yeah. going under. And yet, paychecks had a very good number. Yeah. Marty, always great to see you. Great. Thanks, Jim. Listen, people, that's Marty Musi, President CEO of Paychecks. I have come to you every time that they have reported this stock is sold down. I have told you to buy it. Take a look at what the stock's done in the last five years since we've been doing this, maybe longer. And you know what to buy. Man, money's back in the brain. Coming up next. Let's make money together. What do we got? Kramer's bringing the thunder and answering your burning questions in today's edition of The Lightning Round. It is time. Serve the lightning and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski daddy, come to the lightning round. I'm going to start with Steve in New Jersey. Steve. Hey, Jim, thanks for taking the call. My, my pleasure. Okay, I'm calling about a stock that my son and I both have in our portfolios. It's an e-commerce stock that ran up very nicely during the stay-at-home economy. It's now been sold off a little bit with the uh, reopening eminent. It's down about 23% off its February high. What do you think about Shopify? I think that you just got a chance to buy the stock down 23% from its high. And that's just what you want because this company is shooting the lights out. 
It is really the, the, the filament to the start. It's second biggest after Amazon, so I think you want to own it. I need to go to Mark in Florida. Mark. Hi, Jim. Uh, I hear a lot of young investors thanking you for all your help. Oh, you that's wrote nice. a load of You wrote a load of thanks from all of us fogies also. I'll take them both. You, you've helped make retirement a lot better for oh, many. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my question today is about Fiskerus. I'm going to give you a twofer. I like Fisker and I like Lucid, which is Churchill 4. Now, I know these stocks have been hammered, but here's the thing that you need to know. They're probably going to be the two winners about this whole crop. And this whole crop is going to end up getting a subsidy in Washington, I believe, if you buy a Fisker, the Ocean. Bill McDermott, CEO, last night, ServiceNow has one. Wowza. Jamie in Arizona. Jamie. Hey, Jim. How about a big sunshine and cactus booyah to you? Done. Booyah that way. What's up? So my eight-year-old son, CJ, and I love investing together, watching your show, and we love crushing golf balls at Top Golf. There what you are your go. thoughts on Callaway Golf? Ticker oh, E-L-Y. I like Callaway Golf. I like it. I think that this is one of those. You want to know what has been has lasting power? This, whether it be at the driving range, whether it be at the golf course, people have discovered golf and they're never going back. I really like that stuff. I mean, really. Let's go to Doug in Ohio. Doug. Hey, how you doing? I appreciate your time and uh, appreciate your show. Thank My pleasure. You. My question is about Juniper Networks. Is, I think, look, I yeah. think the suite of products is better than it was. Remember, they are up against a lot of really good companies. That's the problem. And if you want to know which I like, and it's not really as much related as it used to be, it will be Cisco, uh, because I think that Chuck Robbins doing a great job. Let's go to Payush in Washington. Payush. Hey, Jim. Thank you so much for everything that you do for us. I sincerely appreciate your oh, of work. Of course. My, You're welcome. My question. My question is about Kroger. Uh, I'm up about 25% in the stock uh, over the last three months, coupled with uh, uh, the, the dividends the company pays and the recent announcements from their investor day. Do you think this is still a worthwhile holding? I, 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 I thought that Rodney did a great job on the investment day. I thought it had a lot of good things to say. And what I was struck by was how little the analysts believed in what he had to say. I am with you. Rodney McMullen doing a good job. I like Kroger's presentation, and I like the stock, even as I find the supermarkets a questionable, questionable investment. I need to go to Jill in Massachusetts. Jill! Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. My husband, George, and I love your show. Oh, thank Uh, you. Thank you, Jill. You're very welcome. Uh, A while back, you had on the CEO of Bill.com. Uh, I really like the story, and I bought a small position, uh, but the stock has mostly been on a downward trend since February. Do you think it's a buy, sell, well, or what hold? happened? This became one of those stocks that people decided, en masse, the big money, that it was too expensive. I look at their product, and I look at it as a way to be able to play the reopening society because it does make it very easy for you to keep track of your bills and let you be what you want to be, not a, an accountant internally. So I think their product has great value. Do have a little bit bigger business than mine to be able to make it work well. Anne-Marie, in New York. Anne-Marie. Mr. Kramer, I am so happy to speak with you. Right back I have a you. weakness for brilliant men. I'm calling today about Petco. The symbol is Woof. W-O-O-S. Woof! Woof! I am surprised. I, I'm surprised, kind of blown. I'm trying to catch my breath. Um, I think that Petco is a better stock than that chart certainly indicates. The problem with Petco is, frankly, chewy. 
and Chewie has been sicked on Wolf, and Chewie has got more mojo. Now, mojo is a technical term that comes from Wall Street. Let's go to, that's what's happening. Let's go to Jim in Florida. Jim. Hey, Jim. I want to thank you for sharing your experience. Oh, no, experience is, is something that they can't take away from you. Oh, not thank even Twitter. you. Thank you. They so, can't. I no, like that. No, they can't no. do it. They can't do it. So I, I listen to you, and I, I have this. I bought a, a multinational company, a, a, a sector you're not really happy with, and I sold, I took profit. Okay. I'm okay. thinking about getting back into this company. The CEO is like you had a lot of experience. It's a multinational. It's a real Dutch shell. World Dutch Shell. I'm going to have to say that I don't really want you in that, but what I would like you in, by the way, is Pioneer, which is doing big equity offering in order to be able to buy double point. Pioneer's doing great. That's Scott Sheffield. That's the one you want to own. And that, ladies and gentlemen, inclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, at the center of business and politics is... America's potential? Kramer's digging into a compelling take by Jamie Dimon and giving his thoughts on the future of the American economy. Next. Everyone who plows through Jamie Dimon's 67-page annual letter can have a different takeaway. You can read it narrowly. This is the CEO of J.P. Morgan explaining that his bank has pulled away from the pack, although it's still really contending with mostly unregulated competition from the financial tech plays, and that it will only get harder as big tech moves in. Think Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google. Hey, throw in Walmart for good measure. That's what he does. Even most people don't think of them as a tech company. These new rivals have a leg up thanks to digitization and a lack of federal oversight, while big banks like J.P. Morgan constantly struggle with real and meddlesome regulation. Others might note that Jamie sounds very political, almost like he's some kind of failed presidential candidate? I think that misses the point, though. He's not running for office. He just fundamentally believes in America, uh, even when he's got serious concerns about where we're going wrong. Is it corny? Sure. Will you agree with everything he says? Of course not. But please do not doubt, doubt this man's sincerity. As for me, I think Jamie's thrown down the gauntlet. This letter is a challenge to leaders in Washington and Wall Street, a challenge to stop being so selfish. He wants us to tone down the greed. He calls out all sorts of examples, multiple tax breaks for carried interest. That's a huge giveaway for many of J.P. Morgan's clients. Tax breaks for race cars, for private jets, horse racing, golf courses. Jamie says that that's what happens when you get 17,000 lobbyists in Washington, D.C. Maybe not what you'd expect to hear from the CEO of the largest bank in America, but he's got a good point. Diamond argues that businesses have been incredibly short-sighted, too, especially when it comes to their unwillingness to invest in black and Latino neighborhoods. He spends a lot of time condemning the inequality and institutional racism of our country, going to the days when bank executives only cared about being as rapacious as possible. After that, I think the most compelling part of this letter was the part about China. Jamie writes, and I quote, China's leaders believe that America is in decline. He goes on, they believe this not only because their country's sheer size will make them the largest economy on the planet by 2030, but also because they believe their long-term thinking and competent, consistent leadership have outshone America in so many ways. China sees us losing ground in technology, and infrastructure, and education, because in Jamie's words, we're, quote, a nation torn and crippled by politics, as well as racial and income inequality. 
Similar, and that's us, isn't it? It's us. Unfortunately, he thinks that there's some truth in China's assessment. So we either need to do a better job on all these charges or we'll lose our place as world's number one superpower. If we come together, stop the selfishness, help others, he thinks we'll stop losing ground. More importantly, Diamond's the first major leader in business or politics to actually make the case, this was totally overlooked, that China's authoritarian government is ultimately doomed to mediocrity. From Washington to Wall Street, there's a widespread sense that the Chinese Communist Party has somehow figured out the secret to capitalism and our messy democracy just can't compete. But Jamie says it's too soon to write us off. We've got a vibrant democracy, Historically, democracy has done some incredible things, certainly better than authoritarianism. However, between our crumbling infrastructure, rigid bureaucracy and excessive partisanship, it will take a lot of work to turn things around. I think that's a brilliant argument. Jamie Dimon's right. We'll all be better off if our leaders decide to accomplish big things, in part because the Chinese are indeed making us look bad. If that's what it takes, maybe a little competition is exactly what we need to return to our lofty status where opportunity is not a dream, but a real possibility. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.